G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. What he's trying to say is we are all one and the same. We are all gods. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we begin a new series about modern day spirituality. Pastor Jeff unpacks the new age as we look at what being spiritual looks like in today's society. It's interesting that the new age movement tries to reduce me to nothing but material and then tries to convince me that I am divine. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Glad you're with us. Glad you're here in this series. And it's going to be a tough one. Just want to uh, tell you what your teacher told you when you, was young, when you were younger. Go ahead and put your thinking caps on because it's going to require a lot of that as we go through some very, very difficult information. And as I was preparing for the first one on the New Age movement in 1952, I recall that a man by the name of Mortimer Adler was given the task of co-editing a 55-volume series for Encyclopedia Britannica. It was entitled, The Great Books of the Western World. The longest article in those 50 volumes was entitled, God. Somebody asked him why. Why would you have the most information about God? And here's what, well, here's how it was quoted. It's on the screen for you. He said, because more consequences for life and action follow from the affirmation or denial of God than from any other basic question. In other words, what he's saying is what you believe about God will determine the way that you live your life. What you believe affects what you do. Now, folks, 50 years ago, the number one question in regard to religion would have been this. Do you even believe in God? It was the death of God theology. God, on the cover of Time magazine, said, is dead. And so 50 years ago, people were asking if God is even alive. But it's not so today. Atheism has not had its way. So that the question today isn't, do you believe in God? It's which God do you believe in? What is he like? And what does your God teach about heaven and hell and salvation and forgiveness and atonement? Those issues. So that now we're in a generation where there's this massive passion to discover God and what he's really like. And what you believe about God will have to harmonize with the religion that you say you follow. Now, I begin like that because I remember a young New Zealander walking up to me after a camp and saying the same thing I've heard a thousand times before. He said, Jeff, all religions are fundamentally the same. They're only superficially different. All religions are fundamentally the same, only superficially different. And I said, young man, you obviously don't know that much about religions because the reality is the opposite. All religions are fundamentally different, only superficially similar. And then I gave him a few examples. Now, follow me just for a moment. Why would we do this series? 
And I'm asked this all the time by people in cafes or conversations on university campuses. Somebody will say, Jeff, why can't you just leave well enough alone and just believe that all religions are the same and all religions lead the same way? Because in order for me to affirm that, I would have to assume we're all living in one big loony bin. Because anytime we debate or discuss any topic for conversation, the law of non-contradiction applies. The law of non-contradiction, very basic to any kind of argument or discussion, says that two statements made that diametrically oppose each other about the same thing can both not possibly be true. Two statements made about the same thing that are direct opposites cannot both possibly be true. You say, Jeff, give me a pragmatic illustration, okay? If I say to you, my wife Robin is pregnant, and then 30 seconds later say to you, my wife Robin is not pregnant, there's no way both those statements can be true. So when you look at the religions of the world and you really start to investigate them, they are fundamentally different and they oppose each other at foundational points. Let me give you just an example. Let's say somebody from Hinduism meets someone from Islam. Now right away you've got a point of contention because the Hindu will say, you can't understand the Vedas, the Hindu scriptures, unless you are born a Brahmin. Now, how can a man or a woman determine where he or she is born or into what caste system they're born? But as soon as he says that to the man of Islam, to the Muslim, the Muslim will say, well, you can't understand the miraculous nature of the Quran unless you are advanced or fluent in advanced Arabic. So think about it, where do they begin? The Hindu does not know advanced Arabic and the Muslim is not born a Brahmin. So how is it possible that they can even begin to have a conversation when they have these fundamental differences? The more you study the religions of the world, the more you realize it is fundamentally unsound to say that they are fundamentally similar. In respect or reality, they are fundamentally different, only superficially are they similar. Now, that's important because today we're gonna to take a look at the New Age religion and how it contrasts to compare with Jesus. Now again, let me make a few disclaimers. I wanna make sure we know what we're doing and we set the stage. I have traveled in my life through Africa and of course into New Zealand, have visited Australia, one of my favorite places in the world. The reality is that you do meet people who are sincere. You meet people who are really searching for spirituality and for truth. You do meet them. And that's why I have great compassion for them. And I wanna make sure that I don't violate the Hindu proverb that says there's no use cutting a person's nose off and then giving them a rose to smell. There's no use being aggressive and being unkind. The idea is that we're all able to dialogue with intelligence and then come to some conclusions together, but it's always to be done in absolute love. That's what the Christian does. The other thing is the reason we're doing this series together is I think as we do it, I hope to clear away all the debris so that Jesus can be seen in a clearer light that some of the walls that are erected that prevent some of you from crossing over into a relationship with God might be fallen or broken down so that Jesus will be more visible to all of us. That's the purpose, that's what we're trying to do. So here we go, the first one is the new age. Why are we talking about the new age movement? Because no religion has had a greater impact on America than the new age movement. No other religion and its culture among its people and our philosophy and thought patterns than the new age movement. So here's how it began. In 1970, there were four major works launched that propagated 
and catapulted the religion into the public arena. The first is the New Age Journal that was published and circulated. It talked about the philosophy of the New Age. Second, a book by Mark Satin called New Age Politics. It popularized New Age social and philosophical ideas. And then Marilyn Ferguson's best-selling book called The Aquarian Conspiracy. And she talked about the age of Aquarius. We'll talk about that momentarily. And then the one you know, Shirley MacLaine. She came along and wrote about her reluctant conversion to the New Age movement in a book called Out on a Limb. And then at that point, New Age was catapulted out of obscurity or obscurity into fame. If you remember, uh, a man by the name of Rudyard Kipling once wrote this, East is West. Sorry, East is East. And West is West. And never the twain shall meet. Well, in reality, he was so wrong. Because in New Age, what we have is Eastern mysticism making its way to the West. And now, in the New Age, it is not anything new. There's nothing fundamentally new about it. It borrows from three major religions, Eastern mysticism or pantheism, Buddhism, and Hinduism. And in order to sum it up for you, I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to move as fast as I can. You probably already noticed that, a lot of material. Number one, the New Age is pantheistic. Okay, here we go. The New Age is pantheistic. What does that mean? Pan meaning from everything, theistic meaning God. The New Age believes that everything is God and God is everything. This table is God. The chair you're in is God. Your clothing is God. Everything is God and God is everything. Now, it's important to understand that because as we build the argument, as we build their foundation, you're going to see that there are times when it's very difficult to grab this. It's hard to hold on to it. Because it's very difficult for us in the West to think about everything other than a God creator. But in the pantheistic world, everything, I mean everything, every action, every event, everything, every person is God. Now let me read to you a quote from Deepak Chopra, Chopra, who is kind of the new age guru in our time and has the most impact on Americans with his writings. Here's how he describes you and me. It's one of my favorite quotes. I use it often. On the material level, both you and a tree are made up of the same recycled elements, mostly carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and other elements in minute amounts. You can buy these elements in a hardware store for a couple of dollars. The difference between the two of you is the energy and the information. Your body is not separated from the body of the universe. Because of the quantum mechanical levels, there are no well-defined edges. You are like a wiggle, a wave, a fluctuation, a convolution, a whirlpool, a localized disturbance in the larger quantum field. Now all that's fancy talk to mean this. There is no point at which you know where the tree stops and you start because you're the same thing. You're no different than a tree or a blade of grass or anything else. You see also uh, in some of the words of movies like Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back where Yoda speaks to Luke Skywalker and here's what he says. You must feel the force around you, here, between you and me, between the rock, everywhere, yes, even the land. What he's trying to say is we are all one and the same. We are all gods. Now, I'm not going to try to critique it as we go, but I do want to make one comment here. It's interesting that the New Age movement tries to reduce me to nothing but material and then tries to convince me that I am divine. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Today we're hearing about the new age of spirituality with many gods and influenced by Eastern mysticism. So number one, 
The New Age movement is pantheistic. An undifferentiated, undefined, and indefinable God is all, and all is this God. There's no distinction between God and us. We are God, and God is us. All right, number two. The New Age stresses a change in consciousness. The New Age stresses a change in consciousness. Okay, if I'm a God, why don't I feel like a God? That's what Dane Johnson said to me last night as we were having barbecue. Now remember, in New Age, we'd be eating God. <laughs> everything is God, and God is everything. And Dane Johnson said to me, well, Jeff, I don't feel like God. I mean, I don't play golf like God, which I readily agree. Uh, <laughs> I don't eat like God. I don't, uh, I don't have the strength and energy of God. I just don't understand how people could say that. Now, if you said that to someone in the new age, they would respond like this. They would say, the problem isn't that you're not God. The problem is that you've forgotten that you're God and you need to be reminded. It's kind of like the entire human race suffers from this collective form of metaphysical amnesia. Now, I think, wow, that's quite an amnesia. And then the next question is, if you're God, can you forget? And if you do forget, would you then qualify as God? You'd think that if you're God, you wouldn't forget. That you'd be omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent everywhere. So you wouldn't forget anything because you could stand above time and space and look in the past and the future. You would know every event. And so the New Age movement says the problem is we need to make ourselves aware that we are God. Now, how do you do that? You do it through various forms of meditation. Now, do not confuse meditation with prayer. In prayer, biblical prayer, you read the Bible and you meditate on the truth that it's already been presented in the Word of God. You read the Word of God, which we know to be true, and you meditate on that. And you ask the Holy Spirit of God to implement that or apply that to your life so that you can live it out every day. But in the new age, you don't pray. Because think about it. If you prayed, who would you be praying to? You'd be praying to yourself because everything is God and all is God. God is all. And so here you meditate. Meditation in the New Age movement is an absolute clearing of the mind. And if you get rid of all thoughts in the mind, the thought is that the God in you will come out and reveal to you that you indeed are God. Okay? The best way I can describe this is imagine a couple of guys being lost on a deserted island. And then one day they run out to the shore and they notice a bottle with a note in it floating to shore. And they're so excited, they get the bottle, they take the note out, only to realize it's a message they sent for help about three years ago. That's what meditation is. It's a message from ourselves to ourselves so that you completely clear the mind and God begins to speak. That's the idea. Now, the advanced stage of meditation, when you really get good at this, guess what it's called? At one month. It looks just like a tone month. You'll notice the New Age borrows all kinds of phraseology from the Christian scheme of things, from the Bible. They say atonement is total self-realization, that you and God have become one and you've realized that you are God. That's what yoga means. Yoga means unity, that you realize you are God and you are one with the universe. But folks, it goes way beyond the fact that you realize you're God. You realize everything else is God too. And that's why Hollywood has become enamored with the stars and the galaxies and the spirits and the mediums and the land and the earth because we believe we need to communicate with all of that because all of that is God. All is God and God is all. There's another thing though. Remember I told you that back in the late 70s when there was the realization by science that it would be very difficult to, de to describe life here as starting from nothing because we started to understand 
how if you trace the beginnings of the universe back to the beginning, you'll realize that it begins and it begins to expand. So it's very difficult to say something came from nothing. So the next thing that made it into our science books, and yes, your children's science book, even today, was that here was the description of how life began on earth. Aliens came from another planet and dropped spores on the earth, and that's how we began. Now you laugh at that, but you know that's part of science, right? That is their theory over and against creation. Since we now know that universe is not eternal, that it had a beginning, we've got to describe now how life began. Well, now we know. Spaceships came, aliens, those advanced beings came and dropped spores, and we all came into being. So now there's the worship of aliens because they're advanced gods that already discovered they are God, and if we can do that, we'll become aliens too. Number three, I'll resist. Number three, the new age creates its own reality. Now stay with me here. This is where it becomes practical in our lives. The new age creates its own reality. In the new age, you are said to be born again, born again when you reach an enlightened status. And when you reach that enlightened status, after atonement, at one and being born again, then now you are able to create your own reality. After all, that's what gods do. You have omnipotence. You're able to create and speak into existence in the same way God said, let there be light. All of us, since we are gods, can create and speak into existence our own reality. Now, let me get heavy, but if you'll, if you'll be patient, I'll give a very simple illustration that clarifies at the end, but stay with me. This is nothing more or less than borrowing from Eastern pantheism and mysticism, because remember in Buddhism, here's the central tenet, that suffering is associated with desire. So that if I can see desire as an illusion and not something that is real, then I won't suffer. Because suffering happens when my desires remain unfulfilled. So if I can get rid of desire, I'll get rid of suffering. That's pretty simple, that's Buddhism. Now you piggyback on top of that, Hinduism. that says no, it's not desire that is an illusion. Instead, it's pain and suffering that's an illusion. They're not real. It's like evil. They really don't exist. What New Age does is combine a bit of both. They take the Buddhist idea that you can deny desire. And they say, there you go. That's proof that you can create your own reality. If a Buddhist can deny desire exists, then we can deny also that something exists and we can create what is real in our own reality. Then they borrow from, I told you be heavy, stay with me. Then they borrow from Hinduism where Hindu says, you know what, if you can do that as a Buddhist with desire, we can do that with pain and suffering. So the new ager starts to say, we don't believe desire is unreal. We believe it's real, but we believe pain and evil and suffering, they're not real. So if we confess positively that pain and suffering are not real, then we will speak it out of existence. All right, now take a deep breath. Now, when I started studying world religions in the beginning in seminary, I got to a point, now this ought to encourage you, I said, you know what? I'm just not smart enough to understand this. This seems incoherent to me, nonsensical. And you know why? Because it is. It's okay to be confused right now because most people who study world religions, especially new age, they become very confused because it's not a coherent system. It doesn't make sense. In philosophy, we call that Occam's razor. And Occam said, if you have a worldview that is so difficult, nobody can really grapple with it, and we can't understand it, then I'm gonna come along with my razor and chop it off. New Age movement is so difficult to grasp, but there are some things we can understand. For instance, let's put our logical minds to use. Pain and evil are illusions, really? When I have a young person tell me this, the first temptation is to reach across the table and knock the fire out of them and say to them, did you feel that? Is that real to you? 
That's the first thing you want to do. But you need to understand how this is being popularized in America. It comes from this whole idea of the founder of Christian scientism. Mary Baker Eddy, that so many people in Hollywood follow, let me quote to you what she said. This is her, this is the guru's words right here. This is what she believes. She says, evil, pain, and death are unreal and illusions of the mortal mind. Evil, pain, and death are unreal and illusions of the mortal mind. Well, I have a few questions for her. Number one, then why fight death or evil? Because in her declining years, she requested that a doctor be with her 24 hours a day because of the pain she was experiencing. She wanted morphine every three hours to dull on the pain that is an illusion. She had teeth extractions because of the disease in her mouth. Then she died. And I promise you, the funeral was real. <laughs> if pain is an illusion, then why do we lock the front door? Why do we buckle our seatbelts? Why do we go to the dentist? Why do we put life best on our children and tell, say to them, don't get too close to that fire? And why do we support laws against pedophiles? All of which Christian scientists do. You see, if you believe this, then you don't have to worry if pain is an illusion. If they're all evils and all those evils are illusions, then it would be unnecessary to take place or part in any of these activities. But here's the next question. Why is it important that the new ager deny evil and call it an illusion or pain or suffering? That's an important question. Well, think about it. If it's true that all is God and God is all, that's not just things, but that's also events. Everything that happens in the world is God. World War I is God. World War II, World War III, when it comes and if it comes. Hitler is God, remember? All is God and God is everything. Hitler is God. Cancer is God. Rape is God. All manifestations of evil are God in the pantheistic system. The New Age is uncomfortable with that, so instead of doing away with it, they just say that suffering and pain and evil are not real. They are illusions. They just appear to be real. Now, Guru Rabbi Maharaj says this in his conversion. He says, my growing awareness of God as the creator, separate and distinct from the universe he had made, contradicted the Hindu concept that God was everything, that the creator and creation were one and the same. If there was only one reality, then God was evil as well as good, death as well as life, hatred as well as love. That made everything meaningless, life an absurdity, it was not easy to maintain both one's sanity and the view that good and evil, love and hate, life and death were one reality. Now, some of my friends in the East will tell me it's only the Western mind that has difficulty conceiving of this. Let me tell you what I think about that. There's a Greek word for that, baloney. <laughs> baloney. It's not only the Western mind that understands this, it's the Eastern mind. How can there only be one reality? Now, let's go on. Let's go back. When Shirley MacLaine, now remember, the New Age says that you can create your own reality, which means, it goes past this, everything that happens to me is because it's the reality I have created for myself. Everything that happens to me is the reality I have created for myself. No will of God. Forget all that stuff. So that when Shirley MacLaine's daughter died, she was burned beyond belief in a car accident. And the media interviews Shirley MacLaine at least she was consistent. The first words out of her mouth were this. She said, I wonder why my daughter chose to die that way. You see what she's saying? Any reality that happens to you is because it's the reality you have chosen because you're God, even if you don't know it. Now, 
that might be ludicrous, but at least it's consistent with their worldview. Because in reality, what the new age wants you to know more than anything else that comes around in talk show hosts and positive thinkers is this. You in America can create your own wealth as if you don't have enough of it already. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. We'll have to leave it there for today, but our exploration of the new age will continue next time on the show. Now, this is the last part, and then I want to make an application with somebody that's famous in America and then end it all with what I believe Jesus would say to the new age movement. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.